When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, welcome back to Drive with Peter Vlahos. And of course, the, the big news story today is the fact really against the odds and against everybody's expectation, well, most people's expectations, the Socceroos have got to their fifth consecutive World Cup, their sixth in uh, this proud country's history. Of course, it was 1974, then up to 2006. And we thought there were doubters suggesting we wouldn't make it to 2022. But in the early hours of this morning, it was uh, formalised that Australia together will be in the group with France, Denmark and Tunisia at the World Cup in the Middle East in Qatar. And joining us is a man that knows a lot about the journeys because he's been on journeys with the Australian Socceroos, even dating back to 2006, where the current manager, Graham Arnold, was then the assistant coach and assistant manager to Chus Hiddick. And we're talking about Stan Lazaridis. And Stan joins us on the program now. Stan, thanks for your time. Thanks, Peter. Thank you, mate. You must be proud for Arnie because uh, he's copped a bit yeah. in the last few weeks and in the end, his judgment was right and now he's taking a team to the World Cup. Oh, absolutely. I'd say relief um, for everyone, really, because I think we're all being honest. It was We're all doubting it, I think, you know, especially the two matches. Our form hasn't been great coming into these games, but uh, the way the guys played against UAE was very... Um, it was very good, actually, and it, you know, I was I was looking at the team thinking they're ready to play against Peru, and uh, they put in a really good performance, uh, Peter, and they deserve to win really mm. over the balance of the whole game. Um, and of course, it went to penalties, but um, overall, I thought they were the better side. It's interesting. Uh, we got another South American nation like Peru who finished fifth uh, yeah. in uh, their group, and therefore they had to go through the playoff against the uh, Australians. And then, of course, when you were playing, again, you took on the fifth-place Uruguayans and we got through yeah. over two legs. Is there something about Australian football that works against maybe South American opposition? Oh, look, look, they're, they're, they're a tough opponent. I mean, um, I think what went well for us this time was the neutral ground. Um, when you go to South America and you go to playing Uruguay, it's, it's intimidating. You know, the way you get greeted, you don't get greeted. It's Everything's awful. Um, and, you know, it's scary. Um, we didn't have that this time because it's a one-off match. And I guess that worked well. I, I think the conditions probably suited us more. Um, but I, I, I believe we were more prepared than Peru was. I, I do believe the way Arnie's got his team ready, um, they played really well, Peter. And um, you, you factor those things... Um, in, you know, when you look back now, I think Arnie did everything right and the boys played really well. They fought hard. They, they were strong in defence, dragged the game out, frustrated Peru and in the end, like I said before, we were the better side. Yeah. Tell, tell us about Graham Arnold. He's been involved in Australian football for a long time as a player, yeah. as we know, as a coach at the A-League side, Sydney FC and with the national team. He's had a long journey, hasn't yeah. he? Oh, yeah. Look, I remember... When I, when I first made my debut, um, Arnie was Robbie Slater, Graham Arnold, Frank Green. These were the guys that were the leaders. They were the, the more senior players in the team. 
So I was playing with Arnie. Then he ended up being my coach, and then he was assistant to Gus Hitting, as you, as you pointed out before. And Arnie's really patriotic. He loves Australia, loves the game, the football game. Um, he's an emotional guy. He's a big softy, Arnie. You know, we put on this facade on the outside, and he'll have a laugh and joke. But underneath it all, he really cares. He cares about his players. Um, he's a, you know, particularly one on one with Arnie. If you ever get the chance to have a, an honest, open chat with him, he really is a nice man. And um, he's had so much pressure that. I wouldn't want to be in his, in, 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 his, in his shoes, really. I mean, the relief on his face when the guys... I think he was shocked. because goes, oh, did we win? Did we go through? It took about 30 seconds. And, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I was looking, I said, Arnie, oh, my God. You know, it's, uh, I really, really am happy being... The players, they, you know, was, they had everything against him, Pete. I mean, uh, uh, I, I know the feeling um, the, and just the excitement on the guys afterwards. Um, it's great for the support, great for the game. You've got to remember, remember this, and it's so important for our game that we qualify for the World Cup. I, um, I tell you what, I tell you, you what's know. fantastic is you look at the images of all the players and they're uh, locked together okay. and they they're all looking at the goalkeeper or the penalty taken. Of course, you had it with John yeah. Aloisi, and that'll go in Australian yeah. sporting folklore. And of course, Andrew Redmayne's save will go into sporting folklore. What's that moment like when you know you've won? In your case, it ended a, yeah. a hideous drought for Australian football. Yeah, well, for the first instance, it's. it's a bit surreal, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm repeating what everyone's saying, but um, it doesn't sink in until probably hours later, even like the next day. You, you, And then all of a sudden it goes, oh, hang on, we're going to the World Cup. We're going to be playing France. We're going to be playing Brazil. We're going to be playing, you know, the nations on board now. And um, look, it's been a very different last couple of years on so many factors. Um, for our campaign, 16 away matches, uh, there were, we went through a horrible spell after the loss against Japan, and you know there was, you know, we weren't playing well. Um, I didn't have had a, a, a really a fit side, a first eleven that he could rely on, and um, and he just got it together right at the end, he, and he's done really, really well. But um, you know, they would be, they would be so ecstatic right now, and I hope Arnie's having a glass of wine or something and just relaxing, <laughs> and and he's got to get himself ready now. I mean, it's just, you know, World Cups around the corner, Pete, so. Um, he's got to get himself ready now. Yeah, it's not far away, of course, in November, and it's certainly a different time of the year compared to other World Cups, which are often played in the middle of the year. What about the move regarding the goalkeepers? Uh, your thoughts yeah, on that, Stan? Interesting. Now, oh, I don't know if you guys would know this, but with, with our campaign, um, Zelko Callas was due to come on to replace Mark Schwartz right in the last minute again, but it was a last-minute injury to Brett Emerton, and in the end, it worked our way because Mark Schwartz was brilliant and saved some really good uh, penalty subs. Um, look, I think there's a history there with Arnie and, and Andrew Redmayne, so he knows how good he is. He's an excellent penalty saver, I must say. And how he gets away with jumping around, like, like whatever you want to call him, the great wiggle or whatever it is, and he jumps... I don't even know how he gets away with that because it is off-putting. So I can see how that really works. And and you can't deny the save, Pete. I mean, that was an excellent save. You forget about the theatrics. He got down low, good hand, strong hand, and uh, and got us through. 
It seemed certainly in the second period of extra time that Peru were only, uh, you know, centimetres away from getting the lead towards the end of the second period yeah. of extra time. But overall, would it be fair to say that the Socceroos were the better side? Yeah. I've not been biased, but I... I... I've said it before, when we haven't played well, we were lucky to win. But I do believe we were the better side. You know, I think the stats will probably show, show that. I also like the desperation. I, I think we wanted it more. I, I think Peru weren't expecting this sort of matchup. I think they were expecting it to be a lot easier. Um, I think Jackson Irvine was tremendous. Some last-minute lunging tackles and blocks. and You could see in the faces that it was almost like Arnie had grabbed his group together and said, right, it's just us now. You know, we've got to do it for each other. And you could see there was this bond that I hadn't seen in previous matches, I'll be honest. But I didn't see that in the, in the games after Japan. There was almost a bit of a lull and a, a little bit of a disconnection. And, um, but I think Arnie got it together. The way they played against the UAE, um, I think Rustic was great. I think... Um, Boy, it was great. You know, I mean, there were so many really good, honest performances from our side. And whilst individually we're probably, you know, not going to have the biggest names in the world, but collectively as a team, geez, we fought really hard and we, we just wanted it more. Can you remember when you did qualify? It was in the middle of November. And, of course, the World Cup yep. uh, in Germany was in the middle of the following year what the build-up was like during that period, because it's going to be about five months before the Socceroos are on the world stage there in Qatar. I would say frantic would be the word. Frantic and and exciting. It was like a a euphoria about it where you were so excited. You were like, um, obviously, we didn't know what to expect. We hadn't been there before Mm. uh, for so many years. So, um, yeah, there was this air excitement. But... From the whole nation, you know, the whole nation, you know, um, Germany was probably a cracking country to have it, have the World Cup, being honest, in the middle of Europe there, brilliant. Um, so it was this excitement, this, you know, that a lot of sponsorships came in, um, the game opened up to all the other codes, it, it kind of united the country, Peter, from being, it wasn't this AFL versus uh, football against cricket, it wasn't, it was like a nation binding together. Um, and I think the same will happen. And, uh, you know, whilst um, I would compare this um, campaign to that, to the 2005-06 campaign um, equally Peter, uh, for the guys, and, you know, in some, in some ways it probably was harder. Mm. Stan, thanks for joining us. One final question. I, I gather they've climbed the mountain. They're at the World Cup in yeah. Qatar is any other result now going forward in the group stage against France, Tunisia, and also Denmark a bonus? Uh, because, again, there'll be those doubters suggesting Australia might struggle to get out of the group stage. Well, well I might as well say that because I think that'll be what Arnie wants to hear anyway. Um, look, I've been watching the games of late. France aren't playing that well. You never know. But you get France first game, get a draw. Um, you just don't know how it pans out. You've got Tunisia, I think, in the second match. Yes. Denmark in the last. There's every chance. You have four points, you know. It will get you through. Um, I, I think it's not a bad group from what we've had in the previous campaigns, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. I, I look at that, and I can see us getting four points. So, 
you know, I'm optimistic more than uh, pessimistic. Yeah, good on you, Stan. We like that. And of course, as you mentioned, France is struggling at the moment. They're bottom in their group in the UEFA uh, Nations League. Uh, they are struggling. It's so they struggle for a few more months. Thanks for joining us, mate, and sharing yeah. your memories and your thoughts on it all. It was a, a great day this morning for Australian football. Thanks for your time, yeah. Stan. Indeed. Thank you. Bye. Great man, and uh, he was a great footballer, a greatest export, certainly we came when it comes to the world game from Western Australia, Stan Lazaridis. He's played for the Socceroos 60 times, of course played in the Premier League and was there in 2006, when after that long drought since 1974, Australia were at the World Cup in Germany. And what a tournament that was, with Australia, of course, getting out of the group stage and then falling foul on that day in that knockout last 16 match against the Italians with that penalty against Lucas Neal. On the other side of the break, we're going to speak to a goalkeeper who played in goals for Australia for 30 on 30 occasions, tall, lanky, and I want to talk to him about the dynamics of goalkeeping. How do you read a penalty taker? The unconventional approach of Andrew Redmayne dancing and wiggling on the goal line. We'll speak to Robert Zabika next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre.